Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're in the book of 2 Thessalonians and focusing on some important truths about when Jesus comes again. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to today's episode. Thanks for being here today. I want to show you a humorous mug today. This is, uh, this is my wife's mug, and it says, I'm not yelling, I'm Puerto Rican. And if you don't understand what that mug means, you are not Puerto Rican. So she loves that mug, and I love her. So there we go. She does not love my coffee, though, for some reason. She, she calls American coffee agua caliente, which means hot water. Uh, they have like a milk-based, more like a cappuccino type coffee there and it's a bit stronger so she loves her own coffee and I guess I don't really blame her for that. Second uh, Thessalonians chapter number one, uh, we covered a couple introductory verses yesterday and I want to jump right into verse number three today. So Second Thessalonians uh, chapter number one, uh, verse number three, uh, the Apostle Paul says this, we are bound to thank God always for you. Brethren, as it is meet or suitable, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. So Paul begins the letter. Now remember, he's going to rebuke some in the assembly. There, there are some issues going on. Some people are being lazy. Uh, some people really just need to be called to task about that issue. They've been warned already. Others in the church are struggling with some, some doctrinal confusion. And Paul's going to have to really hit that thing head on as well. But before he gets down into all the nitty gritty and deals with some of these more specific issues, the Apostle Paul has a general estimation, if you will, a, g- a general word of commendation about the church. And it's such a wise template, I think, for all of us. Because I think if we're not careful sometimes in our areas of influence, if we're not careful, I think sometimes we, we, we assume that people that we lead or people that work with us will automatically know when they're doing a good job. And I need to do better at this. Uh, but they'll automatically know when they're doing a good job. But, but when they're doing a bad job, we got to let them know. And, and that can really foment some frustration and even insecurity. And the Apostle Paul was, was careful to give praise and also very, I think, faithful to give rebuke. And both are necessary. And I find it also interesting that Paul always led with words of praise. I find it very, very similar to the letters uh, from Jesus to the seven churches of Asia Minor in the book of Revelation, how that for most of them, he was able to give them a word of commendation. Here's something I appreciate about you. And I think that's just a good rule of thumb when it comes to those whom we're leading. And let's find out then, what is it that the Apostle Paul found praiseworthy about this church? So verse number three again, he says, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it's meet or as it's suitable. So we're bound to thank God always for you, brethren. Well, what, what language? In other words, we feel, as Paul said, we, we feel, and I, I'm speaking for Silas, 
said Paul. I'm, I'm speaking for Timothy. We feel obligated to go to the Lord and just thank him for the kind of people that you are because your faith uh, the way that you're behaving, that the reality of your Christianity just uh, compels us to say, Lord, thank you for what you're doing in their lives. Now, this should not be a surprise to us because in the first letter, Paul said something very similar to them. He said about the Thessalonians that they had a faith that worked a working faith, not just a, a talk about it faith, but a faith that evidenced itself in work. They had a, a, lay, a love that labored. So not just a, an emotional, touchy-feely love, but a love that was real. that evidenced itself by the way what people did, a love that labored. And then the Bible says they had a patient hope. Hope in the Bible refers to a confident expectation, and patience in the Bible means perseverance. So because they had a confidence in their predicted future, because they had a confidence in the sure promises of God, they were able to endure, to put up with the trials of the moment. They were models in these, area, in these areas. So they had a working faith. They had a laboring love. They had a patient hope. Well, these are really, really good characteristics, aren't they? So what do we find? We find, um, we, we, we find the Apostle Paul saying, I'm bound to thank God always for you. Uh, then he says this, as it is meet. It's suitable. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's the right thing to do. I wonder how many times we go to the Lord about other people and it's more of a complaint. Lord, this person did this to me. Lord, would you... And sometimes it's a legitimate prayer concern. Oh, Lord, would you help this person to get right with you? And, and, and that's important. I, I am certainly not in any way uh, downplaying the need to intercede in these serious cases. But do we ever feel an obligation... Do we ever see the suitability of going to the Lord for no other reason than simply to say, Lord, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for my marriage and I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful for my fellow church members and the blessing they are to me and the people that I work with. Thank you, God, for my friends that are, are so close and so um, such a blessing, uh, a continual source of encouragement to me and, and on and on. The Apostle Paul saw this as his duty, and I think it's a great, a, a great lesson for all of us. So we're bound, he said. It's, it's suitable. And then here's the sp specific reasons why uh, the Apostle is so uh, intent upon praising God for them. He says in verse number three, because that your faith groweth exceedingly and the charity... That's a love that gives, the agape love of God. And the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. So two areas that they were just ex excelling. Number one, their faith. Their faith was growing exceedingly. But that's what God desires for all of us. You know, it is faith that concerns God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Uh, The just shall live by faith. It is faith by which we're saved. It is faith by which we live. It's faith by which we please the Lord. And so Paul is thrilled because their capacity to trust God is growing. I think too often we we almost uh, resist those events or circumstances or questions in our life that cause us to have to trust the Lord. What am I going to do, Lord? I need your, oh God. But we should never disesteem the things in our life that God allows that help increase our faith. And we ought to constantly be asking God to increase our faith. Uh, When Jesus taught on the topic of forgiveness and forgive your brother 70 times seven in one day, I find it interesting. The apostle said, Lord, increase our faith. Uh, I don't know that I could live that way. And that's the whole point. The whole point is, as we look at the example of the Lord. As we look at the Word of God, we ought to be able to say in our humanity, I don't know that I can live that way. And the fact is you can't. That's why we need to live by faith. Oh God, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you to do what I cannot do. I'm practicing your presence. Lord, I'm I'm acting day by day and moment by moment and in situation by situation as if you're right there looking over my shoulder, guarding me, inspecting me, holding me accountable in some cases. That's living by faith. And then the Bible says, and your charity. Your charity abounds. Boy, it's just evident. And how does it abound? In the way you treat each other. You know, charity is not what we say per se. It's not how we feel, although I think feelings are a wonderful benefit at times. Now, love is giving to other people's basic needs without having as my motive personal reward. It's the, it's the desire to live a life for others. Uh, love gives. That's what charity does. That's the way charity behaves. God so loved the world he gave. Uh, walk in love as Christ also has loved us and hath given himself for us. Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And Paul said, wow, if there's two things I can really say, thank God for this church. It's they have a growing faith and they have an abounding love. I wonder if somebody were to describe your church, your family, your life, whether they describe it in terms of your growing faith and your abounding love. I think too often we're way too concerned with these extraneous and more external things. And God says, I'm going right for the heart here. How's your faith? How's your love? Uh, For the Thessalonians, they were doing just really, really well. Well, I hope that helps today. We're going to stop there, I think, for, for now, for sake of time. And we'll jump right back into verse number four next episode. Thanks for listening today. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.